Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, and anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of international countries. One day, my big, bodacious dream and goal is to interview our top-level leadership of the nation that I was born in, because I think it would be really neat for me. Um, I always learn so much more about the world perspective and also about myself uh, when I interview people. It brings a source of healing for me, but also I believe it's really beneficial to you to hear and, and seek wisdom from leaders of the nation that you grew up in, maybe if you're from the United States of America. And if not, I believe we all can learn from when we share uh, wisdom and insight, and especially hindsight is usually the best kind of wisdom when someone can tell you what they do differently, if they could do it all over. Sometimes I speak on the show on spirit-led topics that I believe the creator of the universe in my faith system puts on my heart to share with you. And sometimes there is uh, music that goes along with it as well. And this morning, I was encouraged to get down on my knees and to pray. And that verses were going to be revealed to me and, and whatnot. And so the topic of today's lesson, if you will, of this episode is called Seeking the Uncomfortable. So I want you to be thinking about that. And maybe if you're driving right now, maybe you can't take notes, but if you're in your home and maybe you're doing some laundry or you're making breakfast for your kiddos or whatnot, maybe you can take a pause and take some notes and uh, love, love and leave it. If you like the advice, keep it with you. And if you don't, you can set it to the side. Um, This is from my heart to yours. And from the creator of the universe, it might be for a friend of yours. It might be advice for someone that you know is going through a tough season. The hope and the mission of Move Happy is to help empower you to find happiness from within, especially if you're struggling with depression or you're going through a tough season. So if that's not you, maybe it's somebody you know. All right, seeking the uncomfortable. So some of the verses that were revealed to me, one in particular... Um, was about the story of Moses and Pharaoh. And if you're not familiar with it, um, there was a Disney movie that was released. Mm, I remember I was in junior high because I really loved the music because it was two phenomenal singers that did a duet together. Um, The Prince of Egypt was the name of the movie. And I'm not sure the exact year it came out, but I do remember... Uh, teaching myself the beginning of the song on the piano. And that was a great, great movie version of it. Uh, but the, the biblical scriptures um, of some of the story is in Exodus 4, 11 through 27. And my synopsis of that is that that was essentially the instruction from the creator to Moses about... Uh, what he was about to do, about to speak to Pharaoh, and I'll get it out actually and get specific for you because this was given to me, I believe, to share 
with you. So Exodus, and this is in the um, NIV. You can read it from whatever translation you prefer with the power of the internet and change it up and and see what different uh, angles, different languages used for it and maybe even a different language altogether if you don't speak English as your first um, language. So Exodus 4, starting at verse 11 through 27. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O Lord, please send someone else to do it. Have you ever been through that before? where you've been assigned a task and you really don't feel qualified yet. And so you're like, oh, please have have Johnny over there do it or have Susie do it. She'd be way better at it. But no, the creator has called you to do something. So verse 14, of course, this is like when your your parents are telling you to do something and you're being disobedient, that the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And he said, what about your brother, Aaron, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you, and his heart will be glad when he sees you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so that so you can perform miraculous signs with it. Verse 18. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me go back to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, and I wish you well. Now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, Go back in Egypt, for all the men who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see what you perform before Pharaoh all the... Excuse me, let me read that again. When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Interesting. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me, but you refused to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. At a lodging place on the way, the Lord met Moses and was about to kill him. But Zephora took a flint knife, cut off her son's foreskin, and touched Moses' feet with it. Surely you are a bridegroom of blood to me, she said. So the Lord let him alone. At that time, she said bridegroom of blood, referring to circumcision. Can you imagine someone flinging their child's foreskin at you? That was, when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. But um, that was the custom back then. And he was covered in the blood. So the Lord spared his life um, in that moment. The Lord said to Aaron, Go into the desert to meet Moses, 
So he met Moses at the mountain of God and kissed him. I'm sure like the brotherly kiss, right, on the cheek. That was their custom in many times. And sometimes on the lips in certain uh, certain areas. I'm not an expert in what areas uh, kissed where, but... Anyways, uh, verse 28, Then Moses told Aaron everything the Lord had sent him to say, and also about all the miraculous signs he had commanded him to perform. So, seeking the uncomfortable is the, the topic. So, obviously Moses was not interested in the beginning, uh, was doubtful in himself, had this lack of confidence within him. He had a speech impediment of some sort, uh, because he kept, the verses kept referring to his brother speaking for him and helping him and whatnot. And seeking the uncomfortable, it's, it's always going to be uncomfortable if you're doing something you've never done before. But if we, if we allow ourselves to continually practice on a daily basis, seeking something that makes us uncomfortable, it means that we are growing in some capacity. We are challenging ourselves in some capacity. I had the honor a few years ago, I think this was in, I think it was in 2019, right at the beginning of the year. I took a trip, a business trip. I was, at that time I was doing medical sale, medical uh, device sales over the phone. Um, I was the number one sales representative for my shift because I had a great trainer uh, who then got moved to another shift. But um, I was selling CPAP supplies. So the, the machine that helps those that have sleep apnea helps them to be able to sleep more soundly at nighttime. I was selling the masks, the tubing, the machines as well. But we didn't really make too much profit on selling the machines. Because those were usually covered um, under insurance and whatnot. And... Um, I used uh, some of my commissions. I used some PTO because um, I was also building uh, this move happy thing. I had um, the year before had moved across the country to help a family member transition to single parent life and was trying to grow this business on the side while working full time and moving across the country. I had just at that point, a couple months prior, gotten the trademark officially. Uh, approved, registered, and was um, following the Gary V method at the time, which he was like, you got to hustle, you got to work, you got to reach out to people. If anyone's liking your posts, reach out to them, ask, like, get to know them, like personalized messages. Um, and so one of those individuals that I was uh, connecting to is, um, at the time was based in Canada and told me about Grant Cardone in his conference. He said, you got to go. You got to go. I'll meet you there. It's only a hundred bucks for the ticket. Like no excuses. You're going to learn about sales. You're going to learn about marketing. And this person had like 80,000 followers on their social media channel. So for them, even like spending time, like chatting with me, like I thought that that was really neat. And so I was intrigued. I had never heard of Grant Cardone before that moment. Um, cause I was at this point, it was 2018. I had only had a smartphone for like three years. So I was still learning like how to operate it and, um, learning different social media platforms aside from Facebook and whatnot. 
And so I was just learning a lot from just chatting with people and like learning who to follow, right? Um, success leaves clues, all those kinds of things. And so I finally like got the courage up to buy the ticket, bought the flight. Um, and I was taking a huge risk because they didn't tell me I had started with this uh, medical sales company, I think in September. September or October and I was making really good commissions because it was um, like their hot season but they didn't tell me that their slow season was like come January 1st because of deductibles and everything for medical insurance I'd never sold in the medical space before I'm selling there and so my commissions went to like basically zilch and I was getting barely hourly enough which was not enough to cover my bills, but I knew something within me that I needed to go to this conference. It was uncomfortable for me, but I knew, I knew something told me I needed to go there, and I'm so glad I did. Um, got a hostel, um, rented a room and a space, and it was, it was in Florida, uh, near, near where the, um, Miami Dolphins play. That was where our conference was at, and then I stayed, I was like over this bridge, I remember, and did lift share before, you know, before COVID shut down, like you could share a ride with other people and meet other people. And it was really great. Um, stayed a block off of the beach in this hostel for like, I don't know, it was like seven or $10 a night or something, plus whatever the taxes were. Um, incredible deal. I met so many amazing people in my stay. One of them was actually in her last semester um, before she was going to become one of those doctors that uh, put you to sleep right before surgeries. Anesthesiologist. Everybody was trying to travel on the cheap to Florida. <laughs> she wasn't there for the conference, uh, but she and I connected and had some great conversations and whatnot. And uh, part of this conference, one of the speakers uh, invented this this uh, world-renowned product that every woman knows this name. It's a product that helps make you look better under your clothing. It's called Spanx. And she invented it. She owned the business 100%. She has since sold it in the last like year or two, but <clears throat> she had a billion-dollar company that she started from nothing. And so she talked about her upbringing, her childhood and whatnot. We want to learn, right? Because if we can learn from other people's success stories, then if you decide to have children or you have teams, like you can transfer that knowledge to your teams or to your families and help your families grow stronger together, help your businesses grow more profitable um, based on you know the success that they share with you and whatnot. And she said something that her father did on a regular basis. They ate dinner at the dinner table pretty much every night. And something that he challenged them was, what did you fail at today? And he would be upset with his children if they didn't have anything to report that they failed at. He encouraged them to fail, to fail often, and to fail um, with excellence because that told him that they were really truly living and challenging themselves to do things that were uncomfortable. So my encouragement to you is to do things that make you uncomfortable within reason, right? You don't want to twist your arm so far backwards that you dislocate it from your shoulder, right? We're talking like 
things that can help and make you a better person. You're either growing or you're declining in life. And if you want to continue the upward trajectory of growth, then do things that challenge you to grow better. Maybe it's getting plugged in with someone else like Moses did um, with uh, God's encouragement in Exodus 4, 11 through 27. He encouraged him to get plugged in with his brother. Maybe it's getting plugged in with a family member or a friend that will help sharpen your iron, right? Help um, take you to the next level. Help maybe give you a critical eye and challenge you. Hey, um, this part of your speech, you need to cut this part out. Or this part, you maybe smile more because this is this is good news, right? Like someone that can give you honest, critical feedback um, that's not going to just be a yes person if you have a lot of money. Sometimes you just get a lot of people that don't know how to give you honest, critical feedback to make you better. I remember um, just saying that out loud. It just jogged a memory of mine. Um, I have been blessed with the opportunity to, to receive and learn how to give great feedback um, through my choir experiences, high-level, college-level in high school, and maybe even beyond college-level performing um, skills from Mr. Krause. I'm so grateful for that. Um, those are transferable skills to the workplace, to families, anywhere. Uh, when I first launched the podcast, I was reluctant, right? I was like Moses. Mm, maybe somebody else should do it. I don't have time. I'm working full time. I'm already posting every day on social media on all platforms. I'm already doing this blog once a week and I'm crying every Saturday because I'm re releasing my truth that's really painful of my you know, childhood pains or college experience. Uh, just just being real with people. I don't have time, Lord. I don't have time to do this. And I was being really whiny, but I knew that the creator told me that I was going to grow this move happy thing and that this was going to be something that was that was going to be around the world, that I was going to be helping to transform people with depression all around the world. I knew that because I remembered it so vividly in 2018. You just don't forget when you have those moments. And yeah, I had a lot of excuses. I was doing real hard stuff. I was spending at this point, when I first got into social media, about 30 hours a week. And I had gotten really fast at cutting it down because I'm really good at getting efficient with things. And I didn't know that about myself really until I started plugging in and getting faster at it. I was motivated because my family member was transitioning to single parenthood and I had time to meet with a, a younger family member on a regular basis I wanted, I was motivated to spend more time with her. And so a part of that, I wanted to continue growing myself and be a good example, a good role model. And so what Gary Vee and all the people on social media were saying is get on LinkedIn, get on TikTok and start a podcast. Okay, fine. I started adding slowly one thing at a time until I felt like I could manage it and it was a part of the system. And then I added one new thing, right? Finally launched the podcast. It took six months to get the first episode aired. So we had a six-month wait list of guests that had already been pre-recorded, released it uh, on a weekly basis. 
And one of my guests that I was introduced to through Team Gary Vee's uh, second-in-command, D-Rock, had connected me to David Meltzer. And I had never heard of his name before that. Um, looked him up because he was impressed that we were orchestrating this, this big event in 2020 for depression and that I was doing it for free. So they loved that I was doing it for free because I was following what they were suggesting and start things out free, share good value. Don't expect anything in return. And so, um, he said, would it be helpful if you connected with this person? So I looked him up and at one point, he had the largest sports marketing agency in the world. He co-owned it with a retired NFL athlete who used to be, I believe, a Seahawk, because um, I'm from Seattle, so that matters to my Seattle pride and my blood. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, and he had his, uh, his downturn where he lost it all and started climbing back up and is doing really well, uh, both financially but also um, balancing uh, life and whatnot and he loves helping entrepreneurs so he agreed to be a guest on the show and then after uh, being on the show uh, I must have impressed him in some capacity uh, because then he had his team reach out to me uh, to see if I'd be interested in uh, joining his uh, his circle um, and learn from him and grow from him and whatnot and I remember um, they asked for feedback, and I, I gave some feedback to uh, his head of PR, and head of PR was a little surprised that <laughs> I had things to suggest. I was like, yeah, I think this will take, it to take him to the next level. I believe David was appreciative of it because he kept inviting me to things. He brought me on in 2020 on his LinkedIn Live and uh, you have to have special access to get on LinkedIn Live. I don't know how it works. I don't have LinkedIn Live access, which is fine. Um, but he invited me on the show to ask him some questions and whatnot. Um, he's invited me to a lot of things. He invited me to be a part of, uh, they have a TV show thing. They're on Amazon, and they're on a couple other exclusives where it's a kind of like a Shark Tank uh, like a spinoff um, of his own version of it and whatnot, and uh, incredible, incredible. Had I not done something uncomfortable and spoken up about giving feedback, I'm not sure if he would have kept inviting me to things. And what I really like about uh, about David is that he is super responsive, whether it's him or if it's someone that's uh, emailing on his behalf, super responsive, responds to every single email I'd send out, inviting him to things and whatnot. And I had this great big opportunity at the end of 2020 connected with, um, with an individual through a recruiter and um, had sent me... Uh, some contact information for himself to help coach and guide me for this call. This really big opportunity. They wanted to pay me for my networking skills, pay me for all the events that I was already 
planning to do and to need to do because I'm really good at bringing people together. Um, and so I'm really grateful for David for that. Um, haven't met him in person yet, but I imagine if I met him and his wife, we'd have a good time. Uh, he's got he's got a cool cool circle, and I've gotten some some great advice from from his team members um, and whatnot. So seeking the uncomfortable can help you um, have some unplanned positive experiences in business, in your spiritual walk, in life, in relationships, all kinds of things. Some other verses that were shared with me, and one in particular, with seeking seeking the uncomfortable, um, it's not... It's not something that the world would agree with, but if you want to be um, a part of the world but not of the world, if you're seeking a higher level of your spiritual walk, um, this this verse came or set of verses came to me. First uh, Samuel sixteen. So if you want to look in your Old Testament or look online. 1 Samuel 16, verses 5 through 7. Samuel replied, Yes, in peace, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come to the sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse. And his sons invited him to sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you might... You might be encouraged to do something, or maybe you already have been feeling this nudge on your heart to seek after some leadership position or to start a new project at work or help volunteer at your kid's school and you're not feeling qualified for whatever reason, this or that. You don't think you're tall enough. You don't think you have the right brand of clothing. Um, The creator doesn't look at those things. The creator looks at your intention nobody, nobody can see your intention, only you. I've had to fight a lot in kind ways over the last few years, and I've been tested many times. I was tested many, many times from my hero of 2020 that became my husband of this year because he was constantly saying things to me all over the board. I was like, I don't don't know what your belief system is. I really don't know. Um, At one point, I remember him saying, Something like, um, something in regards to being rude and that the whole world has fallen and it's just easier to, easier to just be nasty to people or whatnot, just be unkind. And I looked at him and he said, that's not accurate at all. And he looks at me like, what are you about to say? And I said, it's incredibly challenging to be kind to people. It doesn't come naturally to us. It is easy to be unkind, to be ugly, to tear down a building. It is easier to tear down a building than it is to build one up. 
but that makes it more satisfying when you are kind to someone because you have made the choice to love them despite how they've wronged you. And he looked at me like, you just passed the test. I was testing you. And he told me that many times. He was testing me all the time because it, it does say in the, in the word to, to test pe- people often and whatnot. Um, and boy, was he testing my patience. He was definitely loving to seek the uncomfortable with me, which is fine. If you are called to something, or I should say not if, but when, because I believe we're all called to do something great in this world. And great is however you define it. Maybe great for you is being the best parent to your children and teaching them emotional balancing skills, coping skills, teaching them from your faith system, uh, the scriptures or the tenets, the virtues and values that you, you and your faith system and your cultural upbringing that you desire to instill in them to keep your generational history going um, and keep the stories of your ancestors going on in your family. Whatever you've been called to do, do it with excellence. Because if you do it with excellence and you fail, and I mean truly fail where you know that it's something that you shouldn't do in the future, like for me, giving people directions or <laughs> leading a caravan. It's not without GPS. It's not my area of genius. It's not how I was designed. I know that because I have tried it. <laughs> and uh, it's okay because other people will step up. When you're in a group, there's this this thing called synergy that happens, especially if you're like with two people, there's a third more powerful brain that pops in called synergy. When, the, when you are with people and you have unity within the group, someone will step up and take the lead in things that need to get done, or you will find another person to add to the group um, to, get, to get things accomplished and done well with excellence. Seek Seek to do things that make you uncomfortable because they're new, not because it's not what you've been designed to do necessarily. I didn't know if I would do well with um, interviewing people on the podcast because I was, if we go back in time, I was a mute child for a long time. I had been abused chronically for two years from the ages of three to five years old which is the time when the brain develops. You learn about your emotional regulation. You learn about communication. Um, I was also in a quiet household. My father was gone at that point all week long and was only there on Sundays for church and sometimes like half of a Saturday. He would usually leave Sunday evening depending on what state he needed to go to for his regional sales. And um, I, I needed the protection of my father, but he was busy providing financially for us. So uh, I did what most abused children do. I got quiet and then they got concerned because then my learning started getting impacted. So for me to start this podcast as a, I think I was 30 years old or 31, somewhere around there, starting this show was really 
uncomfortable. To be responsible for interviewing top-level leaders, but something, something within me in 2018, when I had this moment with the Creator, and He shared with me, He showed me the vision of this Move Happy branding. He gave me all three of the pillars, mindset, community, and fitness. He told me that in 2020, we would be doing this big event for depression that people of all faiths, all musical preferences, all would be under one house and a one roof, and we would be doing this on an annual basis in different countries. It was so strong for me. I've never forgotten, and so I have put in the work, put in the effort, to learn how to grow this business. I did not believe that the creator desired for me to take business loans out. So I have taught myself everything and or sought out information to either pay for or have free information from the internet. I've worked. I've worked very hard, and now it's not just I, but it's we. Because I almost got taken out of the world in 2020 at the end of it after helping to orchestrate this big mental health event for depression in 2020. They reached out to me, a part of Deepak Chopra's team and Ariana Huffington, the Kennedy Foundation, Johnson & Johnson, all of these big brand names. They reached out to me because they saw what I had been doing for less than two years. That is powerful. When the creator assigns you to do something, you lean in with all that you have, you give all that you have. You'll move mountains in your direction. And we haven't stopped. We've we've put a we've put the brakes on a little bit. We've paused it. We've slowed it down a bit. Because there are people that unfortunately say they are for valor, honor are not. And that's okay. The creator gives me wisdom and decides how fast or how slow I need to go. I'm learning to trust in my intuition more. I'm learning to listen to the calling in that I don't have to go as fast as I was going in the beginning because the, the Creator has seen my diligence and now there are people that are helping on my behalf sending people in my direction but there are also attacks from other teams because there is a war going on in, in a dimension that is not in the physical realm there is a spiritual war that has been going on for ages and they do not like they do not like that I have been consistently diligent with this, this task that has been assigned to me. And what's neat for me to witness is people stepping up to help 
they are seeking their own uncomfortableness and people stepping up to try and attempt to block. Um, I don't know about you, but I will never intentionally get in the way of the Creator's plans. So one thing that I learned um, from Joel Osteen's sermon, actually I think it was a tweet he sent out earlier last week, uh, when when people come against you, they don't come against you. They come against whom you belong to, which is the Creator. So I encourage you to continue seeking the uncomfortable. However, pay attention to who you are attacking. If you are in, in war, really ask yourself, what am I fighting for? Who am I fighting for? Does the leadership have my best interest in mind? Or are the leaders that I am fighting for and dying for, or losing limbs for, or losing time with my family for, are they having ulterior motives that I might question within my spirit? Again, going back to the intention, no one can see the intention in your heart. Only you and your deity know your intention. The enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy, and lie, deceive, do anything that they can to convince you otherwise. The enemy loves to divide families. In 2020, towards the end of it, um, not only were my technologies compromised, my whole entire family. I have um, some nieces and nephews, and they, on their smart devices, uh, their tests for school, they had missed. Zoom links were not getting through. My aunt didn't receive messages from me about meeting up when my mother was in town and we were trying to coordinate uh, an opportunity for us to meet as a family. People were intentionally messing with the messages uh, from my sibling and I. And it's of no surprise to me Looking back, especially with the cybersecurity scan that I had received from a top-level expert that used to work for Apple and Microsoft, one of the original five cybersecurity experts of Apple, told me we see this often, especially in cyber warfare of a large Asian country. They love to hack into your account and someone else that you do business with or a family member personify as you, personify as them, meaning they pretend to be you within your own technologies and send messages to one another. And you're seeing these messages from this other person that you think is your family member. You're not actually talking to them. You're not face-to-face with them. So it's actually people in another country that are doing this to your family, to your friends, to your business 
partners causing division and what happens to a nation that has division in it? It gets taken over. Um, it's a no-brainer. They were attempting to do that within my own family, but what they don't have and what the enemy does not have is a connection to the source. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful for wisdom, insight, and I'm grateful for my hero and his friends, whom I never met. I only met a homeless veteran when I was homeless in 2020. Almost was taken out of this world. Because I have consistently <laughs> sought out the uncomfortable. And I didn't realize really what the assignment was from the creator. But the creator sees something within me that I still, it's, every day is a new surprise. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for thinking of me and believing in me so much. Sometimes I wish you wouldn't believe in me so much, as Les Brown has often said. Why do you trust me so much with these things? But in all reality, when you have trust of your, your deity, your faith system, trusts in you, that means that you are called to be a leader. You are called to do something great. And maybe it hasn't happened yet. But continue fighting the good fight. Spread more love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Demonstrate self-control. Forget wrongs that have been wronged to you. Let things go. Forgive. Forgive often. Ask for forgiveness. I had this uh, conversation a few days ago in the workplace um, involving leadership because I was being disrespected from a coworker and I was tired of it because my husband helped me to raise my standards and speak up for myself. No one will be bullied. No one will uh, bully me and no one on my team anywhere, wherever I am placed, will be bullied. I help protect those that are less fortunate because that is biblical. Stand up for those that can't stand up for themselves. So we had this conversation. I spoke my mind they spoke their mind, and I was able to stay cool, calm, and collected. They haven't bothered me since, and I don't think they will. It was uncomfortable to have that meeting. They were surprised why I had apologized. I had been advised from the leader because uh, the leader told me in a private conversation after the first incident that he was very upset after disrespecting me in front of another coworker, uh, trying to make me feel small, condescending tone over something that was not a safety issue, was not in our job description and couldn't explain to me why he was telling me to do it and was a peer, was not my leader, and was uh, overstepping his bounds of power. And I called him on it. Well, my leader suggested that because, because my colleague, my coworker, was so upset and angry that I should apologize to calm the situation down because I'm good at de-escalating situations. And biblically, it does say to apologize. Now, I didn't do anything wrong except for demasculated him in front of another human being 
because I gave it right back to him what he had given me. So I apologized for my tone, my response, my reaction. And um, he had threatened me in that moment. I have a very bad temper. You don't want to see me get upset. I stayed cool. I didn't respond. I waited. Two more incidents came up. The final one, when he didn't help me in a time of need, when there was a customer that needed assistance, I said, nope, I'm done keeping quiet. And moving forward, I will be reporting everything because obviously uh, this person needs a little bit more boundaries established. So it was uncomfortable for me to do that. But had I not spoken up for myself, I may have gotten written up for his wrongs or his story, his version of his recollection of what happened. I wrote up a big statement and leadership said, we have been looking for someone to write a statement because a lot of people have been quitting on the team and we're trying to figure out why. I said, they got poison on the team. So you either got to get the poison out of him or you got to cut him, remove him from the team. That's how the problem will be solved. It's not always easy when you step into a leadership position. But if you seek daily to do things that are uncomfortable, that um, make you better, or help add value to someone else, doors will be opened for you. Earlier this morning, when I was getting these, these verses were shared with me. Uh, there is one more verse I'll share, and then I'm going to share uh, some music. But uh, Proverbs, Proverbs 17, if you'll turn your Bibles over. Or um, what I'd really like, because I love learning from other faiths as well, if you hear something that sounds similar to your scriptures in your faith system, if you wouldn't mind um, going on either iTunes and commenting with your scriptures, or if you want to comment on our Podbean website, I'll give you the link at the end of the episode. Uh, or if you share it on social media and tag us, and then write a couple sentences referencing your faith system, that to me would mean the world to me because uh, my husband and I desire to bring unity and that means unity for all faith systems, all belief systems. There are tenets, there are virtues and values that we can find in common to work together. Because uh, where there is unity, there is love, there is prosperity. Families work better in unity. Um, businesses work better in unity. They're more profitable. They're more enjoyable to show up to work. Uh, employees quit less often because they have a reason to show up. And they bring their friends too. So Proverbs 17, 5 through 9. He who mocks the poor shows contempt for their maker. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Children's children are a crown to the aged, and parents are the pride of their children. Arrogant limps are Lips are unsuited to a fool, how much worse lying lips to a ruler. A bribe is a charm to the one who gives it. Wherever he turns, he succeeds. 
He who covers over an offense promotes love, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. So what I got out of that is don't mock the poor. Your children's children are a crown to your family. Don't be arrogant. Don't give or receive bribes and cover over offenses with love and forgiveness. If you seek out being uncomfortable every day, just a little bit every day, doing something that challenges you to that next level in your purpose, your destiny, opportunities will come your way to help people in some manner. So, one of them, one of the other verses, I wasn't sure if the Creator was speaking to me or wanted me to share it, but now I know that the Creator desires to share it uh, with those that are listening to the show that uh, might not be as obedient. So we're going to go to Obadiah in the Old Testament. And... <clears throat> you don't have to know all the books of the Bible and the order and whatnot. Um, I went straight to the front because it's a small book. I went straight to the front to look for the page number because uh, there's not that many chapters. So this is a vision from Obadiah. The verse that was given to me was just verse 4. But I'm going to read back from the beginning, the vision of Obadiah. This is what the Sovereign Lord says about Edom. We have heard a message from the Lord. An envoy was sent to the nations to say, Rise and let us go against her for battle. Verse 2, See, I will make you small among the nations. You will be utterly despised. Verse 3, The pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? This is verse 4. This is for you that have had and have not helped others. Your time, your time is up. Though you soar like the eagle and make your nest among the stars, from there I will bring you down, declares the Lord. I'm going to continue on. If thieves came to you, if robbers in the night, oh, what a disaster awaits you. Would they not steal only as much as they wanted? If grape pickers came to you, would they not leave a few grapes? But how Esau will be ransacked, his hidden treasures pillaged. All your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. In that day, declares the Lord, will I not destroy the wise men of Edom, men of understanding in the mountains of Esau? Your warriors, O Timon, will be terrified, and everyone in Esau's mountains will be cut down in the slaughter. Seek things that are uncomfortable for you to bring you 
closer to your faith system. In my faith system, the creator of the universe desires for me. I was designed to bring more love in the world. I was designed to bring people together. I am incredibly good at bringing people together. That is my area of genius and to entertain, to sing, perform. But we also have the power within us to use our gifts not for good. I could easily perform and be an entertainer uh, in uh, the nighttime business, if you will. Uh, There are plenty of people to do it and make a good living. But I've chosen to not do it the easy way, but to do it the way that I believe the Creator has desired for me to be a good example to children, to young girls. Ask yourself and ask your belief system if it's the Creator or Allah, Buddha, nature, nothingness, science, whatever your belief system is, ask in your quiet time, in your prayer time, in your meditative time, what is it? What is it that you would have me do? How can I serve these people? How can I help bring more care, knowledge, health, safety in the world? Whatever it is that you've been called to do, designed to do, ask on a daily basis whom shall I help today who should I reach out to today if you're feeling lonely who are other people in the world in my network in my phone book that are also feeling lonely creator please put them on my heart so I know who to reach out to to help if we all did that together we'd have a lot more People in the world connected, a lot less isolation, and I believe ultimately a a lot less suicides, because the enemy loves to separate us, to cause us to feel like we are alone, and that's when the lies come through. One of our strongest predictors of happiness is our social connections. This pandemic has been an incredible force of isolation. We have to work extra hard to connect with others. And there have been many times where my internet devices have been so wonky. I've had to file reports, um, I think, six times now since August 18th to the FBI cybersecurity website. And that's just things that I was aware of. There was the thing earlier this year that I didn't report because I didn't, at that point, I was kind of like with my coworker, I was waiting. I was waiting too long to report. But I was attempting to have a meeting about adding a business endeavor opportunity that the creator put on my heart to perform and share stories in universities called the Power to Choose Joy Music Experience. My first meeting about it was with a professor that 
is responsible for multiple universities, one of which is an Ivy League school that I didn't know about until August 18th's event when one of our keynote speakers and edutainer of the event, Stephen Kuhn, told me, Erin, she works with Harvard. Reach back out to her. Connect with her. And at that point, the following few weeks, that's when this political team, this contracted team that has been hired from the government has been around for ages should be defunded that's when they personified as republicans listened in on my prayers knew that i was seeking a new job because i was being sexually harassed in my previous workplace and had reported racism and it had been covered up and i had been threatened that they would bring a lawyer to a meeting with HR when they should have been siding with me, the victim. So these people knew about this. They hacked into my technologies, were listening in on my conversations, on my prayers, my private time praying to my creator. Sick. Absolutely sickening. But when you've been called to something great, there will be people that come and attack. They manipulated a preschooler when it came to smart technologies, manipulated emails, sending me applications through group text messages with a phone number from a government agency. They will do whatever they can to make it look like they want to help you. You might have been receiving payment from these people. to help take me out of a competition. Don't you think that they will just continue helping you? Of course, they're not going to continue helping you. Once you've done your part, they're going to either disappear you to remove the evidence of the trail. If you've seen any spy movie, you would know that. Or they're going to continue manipulating you to continue trying to attack me and get you so far involved in it then you'll be involved with felonies but they will never be tried for crimes because of the organization that they are associated with be careful be careful who you decide to help they personified as republicans When I realized what was going on, I tried to have phone calls with this supposed Republican and coincidentally never was able to answer the phone. Well, why wasn't this person able to answer the phone? Because they were personifying, they hacked into his phone and pretended to be him sending me messages so that it would look like he was committing crimes and it would look like I was. But the creator revealed to me the truth because I got down on my knees and I prayed and I said Lord I don't know how you're going to get me out of this situation but I need your help the creator desires to help those that are less fortunate and when you try to take and steal what does not belong to you the creator is in charge of it all and you will be paying back you will be paying back much more than you stole It's been happening all over the nation. 
Personification is cyber warfare. It is a felony. With prison time attached to it. And if you are personifying from overseas because you are a part of a team that has coerced our leadership, threatening, saying that we owe money as a nation, whatever, and the stealing will stop. The theft will stop because it all belongs to the creator of the universe anyway. None of this belongs to any of us. Ask yourself, what is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of life? What do you want to be known by to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren? I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be known as someone that stole from somebody else. Isn't that a great story to tell the kids? No, I'm going to be known by my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren as a woman who invented alternative therapies that have been featured in textbooks, translated into multiple languages, taught in universities, that has spoken and given wisdom and insight and prayers to nations, leaders all around the world. I'm going to be known as a musician that has been able to perform for all the top-level leaders around the nation, as well as all of the homeless, impoverished people around the world, encouraging them to dream bigger, to dream bigger than their circumstances. Because I've been in their shoes. I've been homeless. It's time for bullies to have had a hard lesson. If everyone in the world that has been bullied started speaking up, standing up for themselves, realizing that they're not alone, there are more of us than there are of the bullies. But you can't win evil with more evil. There are things such as peaceful protests. Gandhi was great at starving himself as a peaceful protest. He got real skinny because he was tired of his nation fighting, of the different faith systems fighting one another. And they had respect for him. And there was times when they stopped fighting. Martin Luther King Jr., He was attacked by many, but he was respected, and his legacy goes on and on and on, will never be forgotten. Moses' story, we didn't dive too deep into it in the beginning, but if you were not familiar with it, in the Old Testament, one of the kings had been given a vision that uh, his kingdom would be taken over, so he decided to kill all the children, all of the young Boys, because boys were in the uh, line of leadership. Women at that time, young girls, um, wouldn't be attacked because they didn't really have uh, rights in the 
and their uh, system of leadership. And so he was killing off all the children, I think, two years old or younger, or maybe three years old or younger. Well, the family heard word about this, put him in a little basket, put him on the Nile River, and hoped and prayed that he would be p- picked up from someone. Well, the Pharaoh's, I believe, daughter or one of his concubines picks him up out of the water and says, can we keep him? So the Pharaoh raises this child as his own, but this child is actually of the heritage of the slaves that the Pharaoh and their family are forcing to do hard labor for them, building up their their uh, royal home and building up probably like the pyramids and all kinds of things in our history that are amazing buildings that we still know of today but he was tired of it when he realized when he learned his family history and he learned that these these soldiers were treating these these people just because they were of a different heritage different uh, genealogy that they would be disrespected he didn't like it and he actually killed one of them he he fought uh, one of them because he, uh, the the soldier was disrespecting a slave and he was like no you're not going to hurt my people when he when he finally had an awakening and realized what was going on he killed him well he had to go in hiding so he went into the desert for 40 years disappeared hopefully they forget about this mistake i made and that's when the creator called him and said it's time it's time for you to free your people and he's like, no way, I've got a stuttering problem, like anybody else could do it. And God is like, no, you're going to do this. I'm going to give you everything you need to say. I'm going to give you, your brother Aaron will come and support you. He will help you at times speak so you can learn from him. I will speak through both of you. I'm going to give you signs and wonders. I'm going to be with you every step of the journey. When you've been called to something, lean in, do it. If it makes you uncomfortable, you're probably on the right path. Something that came to me when I was in my second safe house because our first safe house in 2020 we were kicked out of we were all all of us homeless people were kicked out because one of the employees was allowing for drug abusers in the middle of the night that were homeless to have free stay and she got in trouble. She got fired from the general manager. And she called corporate and told on him, like, tattling to corporate. Well, he fired me, so I'm going to retaliate. So they had this policy. The motel that I was staying in only had a certain number of days that you could stay there consecutively. And then you had to leave for a week. And then you could come back. So in the middle of the pandemic, in the middle of winter... All of us were displaced. And this homeless veteran that I had befriended 
I had taken him to some of his doctor's appointments. I was helping him, getting him up and moving and doing quote-unquote physical therapy. I'm not a physical therapist, but I was I was teaching him some easy movements to do to help uh, relieve some of his pain and whatnot. He was wheelchair-bound when I met him. Um, he had been a stroke victim a couple years prior to that. And we were both trying to figure out this homeless situation. So he was reaching out to his social worker because he knew I needed housing. He wanted to help me because I was helping him. And he somehow found a way to get me added through the VA as his caretaker and made sure that I had housing and that I had food assistance because I had zero money coming in because these the same organization hacked into my stuff uh, got uh, all of my income was locked up internet wasn't working social media wasn't working emails nothing nothing it was all tied up because uh, they were seeking what is this large entity or organization that was going to pay me for my network they were seeking it all out because they wanted it for themselves they couldn't understand that I was trying to help bring jobs to our nation that's the truth. It is the truth. So we're in the second safe house. <clears throat> and I had been at this point, um, some music was coming to me. And this song came to me one day. And it was about seeking the uncomfortable, going wherever the creator told me to go. And it was written on December 19th called I Will Follow You. So have a listen, and I hope you like it, and I'll talk at the end. Search my heart, oh God. true I won't give up so I can follow you I will follow you I will follow you I will follow you to the ends of the world Follow you to the ends of the world. 
the sun is breaking through thank you for another day a chance to trust in you guide me I'm honored you picked me to help set the captives free. I'll follow you, I'll follow you, I'll follow you to the ends of the world. I'll follow you, I'll follow you. And that song is owned by myself and my husband. If you have a church service and you'd like to use it as a part of your worship music, uh, please reach out to us first if you're going to use it during the tithing portion. If you desire to use it during your church service, uh, we just ask that you would donate an amount that your church is able to afford and uh, you can use it um, one Sunday, um, and we'll go from there and see see if your church body likes it. And if they like it, then uh, then we can have a conversation about uh, you using it on a regular basis or whatnot. Um, right now, you can't donate anything to our nonprofit because these same people that personified as Republicans, they got my bank account, my personal bank account shut down and um, had been attacking my nonprofit business the whole year that I launched the nonprofit, uh, preventing me from sending emails and messages to people um, so that I couldn't even get it as a 501c3 status because you have to have five board members for that minimum. Literally preventing me uh, from growing into a successful nonprofit business owner, but that's okay because the creator uses it all and it's all in the creator's timing. So even though you might be, uh, one of those people that have been intentionally challenging, blocking emails, blocking messages, uh, lying to my community members, lying to my board members, uh, coercing my board members, uh, threatening their active duty status, all of these things that have been done, uh, to my network, um, it's all, it's all a part of the story. It's, that's all, there's all a greater purpose for it. So I'm patient and at this time we don't have a bank account for the nonprofit uh, because they, even though it wasn't related, it wasn't connected at all to the situation that they had lied about, schemed about. Um, because banks have power and it was associated with my social security number. The bank still hasn't explained why they shut down the nonprofit account, but they did. And it's unfortunate, but it's the truth. 
And even as I'm sharing the truth right now, there is someone that is listening to the episode trying to distract me from continuing to share the truth. But the truth, the story never changes. The only thing that does change is the details. And I will continue giving more and more and more details as the Creator reveals and allows me to give in order to help bring more love and light in the world. Because the truth does set us free. And whatever your faith system is, whatever your deity is, whatever you believe is greater than the physical realm, seek after it. Seek it often. And ask, what is it that you desire for me to do? There are some belief systems that um, I had learned about in my upbringing that we learn uh, uh, we should be cautious about because there are some faith systems that believe in harming other people in honor of their quote-unquote God. I do not believe that the creator of the universe desires for us to harm each other unless... unless there are a group of people that are going to do massive destruction to many, many people. I have not been called to do that, but I am grateful for the country that I live in with veterans, with active duty soldiers, with retired veterans, with weekend warriors that are a part of our reserves, our National Guard that protects our borders, and those that are not registered, but believe in liberty, believe in freedom, and believe in protecting the most vulnerable people. I am grateful for those that have been designed to destroy evil and darkness in the world because someone's got to do the job someone's got to do it it's not my job my job is to bring love light music entertainment help you with your kids help you with emotional problems right we're all called to do different things I know my lane I stay in my lane and if the creator tells me to do something that makes me uncomfortable that's something new I will do it but otherwise I stay where I'm planted. Creator has called me to design alternative therapies, curriculums for schools, musicals. Creator has designed me to bring people together for concerts, to bring people together for alternative therapy experiences, to design, develop, revise, refine, and add white paper research to positive psychology through alternative methods to bring healing around the nation, around the world, for people with depression. That is what I have been called to do. I know my calling because it was revealed to me. And I get little bits and pieces reminding me anytime I do decide to do something, my creator that knew me and formed me before I was even in my mother's womb designed me for this. 
and it's effortless when I lean into it. So pay attention to what you've been designed to do that is effortless for you, that gives you more energy when you're done with it, where you lose track of time when you do that thing. That's what you should be spending more time every day doing. Maybe it's just 10 minutes a day to start off with. Find a way to do that more. And if you can get paid to do it, that is really living. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode today on the Move Happy Movement podcast, all about seeking the uncomfortable. We hope that we added value to you today. We hope that you learned something today. And if we did add any value to you, it it would mean the world if you would take it online and share it on social media and tag us. Uh, Share it with a friend or family member that you love, that maybe you're concerned about their well-being, and let them know a specific part that really stood out to you. Um, Write a couple of sentences if you're posting it on social media, and um, hold on to your money until the time is right, and we'll share with you when we've got a new bank account that's opened up uh, in order to receive donations if you love and support us Um, as a part of this show we've got uh, to help us build out the brand and some fun things that we like to do for our regular supporters Uh, we're doing the listening room competition when we get to 10,000 downloads if the creator allows for us to uh, we will send out invites to those that have been regularly supporting the show Um, sharing it writing reviews online and demonstrating that you are applying the tenets that you've learned in helping spread more love and light to other people around the globe through social media and whatnot, getting our attention, essentially. You can check our download status at any time. Just go to themovehappy.podbean.com. That's T-H-E-M-O-V-E-H-A-P-P-Y dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com. Do it on a computer or a laptop. It doesn't work so great on a smartphone device that doesn't tell you the downloads. So we're a little over, I want to say, 40% of the way there. So pretty close, but not quite there. Uh, But still somehow uh, you guys that have been a part of this show have helped us get in the top 10% ranking across all categories of every podcast in the world out of 2.4 million shows. So thank you. Thank you for being consistent. Thank you for stepping up, stepping into your area of genius listening, supporting, and applying the knowledge. Love you guys so much. Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next week.